the stories of mahabharata retold by sudipta bhaumik welcome dear friends to another episode of the stories of mahabharata during the last episode we learned how the pandavas escaped the flaming house in varanavata we also heard the story of bhima's marriage with the rakshas hidimba and the birth of khatotkacha the pandavas and their mother kunti were leading more or less a peaceful life in the village of ekachakra during the day the brothers would beg from door to door and collect rice and vegetables which they would bring to their mother kunti would cook for them and give half the food to bhima and the rest divided amongst the brothers life was quite uneventful except once when bhima had to kill the demon bakarakshas who was terrorizing the villagers but he had to be careful not to reveal his identity and hence he had to do the job in secret one day a brahmin visited their home he was coming through panchal the kingdom of drupad he told the pandavas that drupad was arranging for a grand sayamvar for her beautiful daughter draupadi kampilya the capital city of panchal was getting ready for this great event the pandavas were curious to know more they had an early encounter with drupad and as far as they knew drupad did not have any daughter then the old man said well the daughter was not exactly born of drupad and his queen her birth i mean if you may call it is quite a story You must have heard of Drona, the great arms teacher of the Kuru princes. King Drupad had a nasty encounter with Drona. He then narrated the story of how Drona had humiliated Drupad with the help of his students, the Kuru princes. The Pandava brothers didn't utter a single word. The old man continued. Since then, Drupad had been looking frantically for a way to take revenge on Drona. He knew that alone he wouldn't be able to fight Drona and his students. He needed a strong and powerful son who could avenge his father's humiliation. Finally, he found the great sages Yaja and Upayaja and begged them to do something such that he could have a powerful son. Yaja and Upayaja were initially quite reluctant. but drupad's persistence broke their resolve on behalf of drupad and his wife they started a sacrificial fire ritual or yagna they lit a huge wood fire and poured offerings of ghee and butter into it while chanting mantras on behalf of the king and the queen little later a handsome and powerful young man with shining armor emerged from the fire he was named Trishtadumna It was prophesied that Trishtadumna would destroy Drona Then emerged from the fire a dark and beautiful woman 
who smelled like the lotus as she had a dark complexion she was named krishna and as drupad's daughter she was also named draupadi it was prophesied that draupadi would be the cause for the destruction of the kauravas and the thousands of men would die for her king drupad and his wife adopted drishtadumna and draupadi as their son and daughter the pandava brothers were extremely curious to see draupadi who as per the brahmin would be responsible for the destruction of the kauravas besides hearing about her incomparable beauty these young men felt an irresistible urge to see her and possibly win her at the sambhar as their bride but they hesitated to express their wish to their mother kunti noticed the change in their behavior and said you know what we have lived in ekachakra for quite a long time these days our collections have also dropped significantly i think it is time for us to move how about moving to panchala the pandavas were very happy to hear this but still yudhishthira said that's a good idea but grandfather vyasa told us to stay here until further instructions how can we move without hearing from him no sooner yudhishthira uttered these words vyasa appeared and said my dear pandavas kunti is right now is the perfect time for you to move you must move to panchal and you must participate in draupadi samvara for it is draupadi's destiny to be your wife the pandava brothers didn't quite grasp the significance of this prophecy and each of them thought that draupadi would be his so they packed their belongings and started their journey towards kampilya on foot on the way they had a small encounter with a gandharva a human like celestial being named angarparna the arrogant angarparna dared to attack the pandavas and arjuna taught him a lesson by destroying his chariot and leaving him almost dead the pandavas were advised to retain a priest for themselves one who would serve them as their priest and as well as their religious guide so on the way to panchala they stopped by the village of utkacha and requested their revered sage dhaumya to be their priest dhaumya gladly agreed to their proposal so with priest dhaumya and their mother kunti by their side the pandavas arrived in the city of kampilya the capital of panchal to participate in the samvara contest and win draupadi as their prize in kampilya the pandavas took shelter in a potter's house in the outskirts of the city the entire city of kampilya was in a festive mood king drupad had a huge hall built where draupadi samvara was to take place the hall was decorated with gold and precious stones all around the hall rows of thrones were placed for the kings and princes from all over the country on one side special arrangements were made for the brahmins to sit and watch the proceedings on the day of the samvara kings and princes from all around the country dressed in expensive garments golden armors and helmets walked into the hall along with hundreds of escorts and occupied their designated seats Duryodhana and his Kaurava brothers were there too 
Duryodhana's friend Karna also accompanied him. They have all heard of Draupadi's magnificent beauty and longed to win her at the contest. Krishna, the ruler of Dwarka, and his brother Balarama were also in the audience. But they didn't come to partake in the contest. King Drupad had invited them as special guests to witness the proceedings. The Pandavas, along with Dhaumya, arrived and found their seats amongst the Brahmins. The hall was bustling with excitement. The royal band was playing lively music with flutes, trumpets and drums. And as the band reached its crescendo, King Drupad entered the hall with his son, Trishtadunna. The audience stood up to cheer their king. Chants of praise for the king rang throughout the hall again and again. King Drupad took his throne and raised his hand to acknowledge them and requested them to sit down. Drupad then looked around at the kings, princes and brahmins seated in the stands and said, Respected sages and brahmins, respected kings and princes, I am deeply honored to see you all at my daughter Draupadi Sayamvara. Draupadi is no simple woman. Born of sacrificial fire, she is not only the most beautiful woman in the world, but also the wisest and the smartest woman on earth. Today, whoever wins her as his wife would be the luckiest man alive. My son, Trishtadumna would explain you the rules of the contest and may the best man win. Drishtadumna then stood up and said, O kings and princes, before I explain to you the rules of the contest, I would like to invite my beautiful sister Draupadi to come to the hall and take her seat. As soon as he uttered the words, the sounds of the trumpets and the conch shells rang through the hall. Thundering drum rolls reverberated through the auditorium and through the main doors entered Princess Draupadi, escorted by her two maids. The entire hall gasped in disbelief when they saw Draupadi. She was more beautiful than what they had heard and expected. The lotus fragrance emanating from her perfect body intoxicated the princess and the kings. They all lusted for her and started shouting like hooligans, shedding all shreds of dignity. You are mine, Draupadi, shouted some. No, no, she is mine, shouted the other. Some of them broke into fistfights and the guards had to intervene to break them up. After Draupadi took her seat, the crowd calmed down a little. In the meantime, Krishna was looking around, searching for some familiar faces. Suddenly, he noticed five handsome-looking brothers with long hairs and long beards and wearing simple clothes seated amongst the Brahmins. Right away, he recognized them as the Pandavas. He drew Balarama's attention and whispered into his ears, Look at that corner. Don't you think those five Brahmins look like our cousins, the Pandavas? Balarama smiled and said, Yes, indeed. I am pretty sure they are our beloved cousins. So they survived the fire after all. Krishna smiled and said, Well, I had no doubts about that. Drishtadumna stepped into the center of the hall and stood next to a small, round, reflecting pool filled with crystal clear water. 
he looked at the seated kings and princes and said, O kings and princes, as you have seen, my sister Draupadi is no ordinary woman. Her beauty is unparalleled in the universe. Hence, to win her as a bride, you will have to pass a test that is worthy of her. He pointed to the ceiling and said, Look above. You see a golden fish hanging there? And below the fish, can you see the disc rotating? The disc has a hole in it. And as it rotates, it passes over the eye of the fish. Your challenge is to shoot an arrow that would pass through the hole in the disc and strike the eye of the fish. But that's not all. You cannot look up at the target while you aim. You are only allowed to see the reflection of the target in this pool below. Dumna paused while the contestants tried to grasp the complexity of the challenge. Dumna continued, And here is the final condition. You will not be allowed to use your bow and arrow. You need to use this bow, specially constructed for this purpose. He pointed to a huge bow and some golden arrows lying next to the pool on a pedestal. You will have to string the bow and then shoot the target using one of these golden arrows. And by the way, you will have only one chance to hit the target. Good luck and may the best archer win. Dumna finished his speech and as he walked back to his seat, a murmur went through the seated audience. The magnitude of the difficulty of the task was slowly hitting home. Some of them gave up and left the hall. Some complained that this was unfair. Why set up such a test which no one could pass? But Draupadi was too attractive for many to give up an attempt. So one by one, the contestants came down by the pool to try their luck. But most of them couldn't even lift the heavy bow, let alone string it and shoot. Those who managed to lift failed to bend the bow. Some who managed to bend it a little were thrown away by the spring action and had to go back to their seats, tending to their sprained arms and injured backs. When his turn came, Duryodhana stepped up to the plate and to the amazement of the entire audience, he effortlessly picked up the bow and strung it. He then picked up a golden arrow, engaged the arrow to the bow and then kneeled down by the poolside with his bow and arrow pointed to the target above his head. He looked at the reflection of the target to aim and then released the arrow. With a loud twang, the arrow passed through the hole in the disc, but unfortunately missed the eye of the fish. Duryodhana stamped his foot in frustration and went back to his seat. Draupadi sighed in relief. She had heard about Duryodhana and his arrogant attitude and never wished to be his wife. Karna knew very well that if anyone in this world could succeed in this test, it was him. Draupadi's beauty impressed him too, and deep inside he also wanted to have her as his bride. But he wanted his friend Duryodhana to try first. So when Duryodhana came back to his seat, Karna asked him, My dear friend, can I give it a try? Duryodhana said, Yes, of course. Go ahead and show them who you are. Karna walked down the aisle to the center of the hall 
and stood below the target, and then picked up the heavy bow as if it was nothing but a piece of straw. With equal ease he strung the bow. But as he was getting ready to aim, Draupadi cried out, Stop! Don't shoot! I'll never accept a charioteer's son as my husband. Karna froze in his stance. Draupadi's words entered his ears like molten lava. For a moment he felt like he would explode in anger. But he took a deep breath and controlled himself. He slowly put down the bow and walked back to his seat without uttering a single word. Duryodhana was angry too. He stood up to protest, but Karna stopped him, saying, Let it go, my friend. Draupadi has exercised her discretion, and she has the right to do so. It is her Sayamvara after all. But now, no one was left to meet the challenge. Drupad and Drishtadumna were deeply frustrated. All this arrangement for nothing? All this pomp and grandeur to go to waste? Was this test really so difficult to pass? Suddenly, Drupad noticed a tall and handsome young man stand up from the Brahmin sitting area. He spoke to another equally handsome Brahmin sitting next to him and then walked down towards the royal stand. It was Arjuna. When nobody was left to attempt the test, Yudhishthira and their priest Thaumya asked Arjuna to give it a try, knowing very well that Arjuna and only Arjuna could pass the test with flying colours. Arjuna came in front of Drupad and said, O king, would you permit a Brahmin like me to make an attempt? Drupad smiled and said, Sure you can. Brahmins are of higher order and if you pass the test, then I'd have no objection in giving my daughter's hand to you. Arjuna bowed to him and then stepped down to the pool below the target. With utmost ease, he picked up the bow and swiftly strung it in seconds as if it was a simple toy. He then placed an arrow on the bow, pulled the string pointing the arrow up to the target, looked down at the reflection on the waters of the pool and aimed for the eye. The entire hall became silent as everybody held their breath to see what happened next. Suddenly, a twang of the bow was heard, followed by a loud clatter. Arjuna's arrow went straight through the hole in the disc and hit the fish's eye and broke it into pieces. A loud roar rumbled to the audience as the Brahmin shouted and danced in joy at the success of one of their boys. The royal band played the marriage tune as Draupadi walked down to Arjuna and put her garland on his neck, accepting him as her husband.